are listening to Cry Baby, which is taken from the Winter Passing's latest release, New Ways of Living, here on the More Than Punk podcast. Welcome to our first episode of 2021. It is awesome to be back. We have some really cool shit lined up for you this year that I'm super excited about, but as always, can't really talk about right now. But there's going to be some cool stuff coming up, I promise you that. Rob and The Winter Passing are a great bunch of people. The band is from Dublin. I found them through The Wonder Years. They did a live stream with Supi during the US election cycle. That was a fucking nightmare, wasn't it? Um, So we caught up after that and had a chat about their music, their touring, and their ethos. This is such a great way to start the new year. Rob is an awesome, positive, and inspiring dude. And it was very cool to let me play Crybaby, which is heralded as probably one of their most divisive songs. Uh, Reviewers have both, two reviewers rather, have called it Marmite. So, you know, depends on how you feel about that, I guess. This is my conversation with Rob Flynn from The Winter Passing. Stay around to the end and you can check out the track Crybaby in full. This is the More Than Punk Podcast. Hi, Matt. Hey, Rob. How you doing? Not too bad. How's it going? How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Fighting off this cold. Oh, yeah, you have a cold bit under the weather. Oh, no, I just mean that it's just the, it feels like the weather over here has just like dropped overnight. You know, I was oh, like, oh, it's yeah, fine, yeah. I can deal with this. And then I woke up this morning, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to build up motivation like when the weather is uh, shite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I guess it's not much. Mind you, it looks sunny out behind you. So I was just going to say, I bet it's shit. It's kind of nice. It's a, crispy, it's a crispy day here in Dublin today, but like, it is getting uh, slowly but surely colder by by the days and weeks yeah yeah, yeah. and we, it's pretty bleak times at the moment as well like it's zero crack or whatever i'd imagine it's the same yeah and how's the songwriting going like are you finding now that you've got more space to sort of be creative and instead of having to shove it all into like after hours work stuff yeah i suppose like it uh it's it's good to have the uh free time for your mind then also as a result of the lockdown and I, fa- and I kind of found that the last time that Ireland went into a lockdown back in March and April we were on the cusp of releasing an album uh, at the time and mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of said oh this will be a good time to write music and honestly in the whole three months that Ireland was in a heavy lockdown the last time never wrote any music never had the flair because it was just it, it I suppose everything hit me at once and it was kind of mm. like I was, I had writer's block, so to speak, but I have to say inside this um, last month or whatever, and like I've been, I've been busy creating um, music and like my, uh, my creative flow and spark is kind of back, Sebastian, if you get me, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Was it, is it, has it kind of changed your, um, like the way that you think about writing? I mean, I th- I've sort of joked to a few people that everyone's writing lockdown songs about being stuck inside or finally being able to get yeah. outside. But in terms of like creativity, are you sort of pushing the limits of what the band sounds like a little more? Or are you, you know, like, what's that been like? Yeah, I suppose like being in lockdown and not having the accessibility to go and play shows and perform does bring out like a kind of a new opinion almost on 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 the music that you're writing because you know usually with winter passing when we were like writing songs for records it was always for like with the live intention mm-hmm. whereas like you know now that like you're not like in the live environment and it's been over a year since i even played a show myself it seems it, it seems like so long ago that like i'm not necessarily writing song for like um you know for a festival or for mm-hmm. like 
for it to be a cool song to play in like a venue or something of the sort and more just it's it's more just whatever really you know and if anything it's kind of like maybe more ambient you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like less noisy yeah yeah that's cool and i know you obviously front the band with your sister and i have to ask you like when you're writing songs and and lyrics and that sort of stuff do you have these sort of moments you're like you know what i'm gonna write about a break a a breakup or a mental breakdown or whatever the fuck it is and you sort of go to her with the lyrics or she goes to you and you sort of look at each other and like don't ask or like you know what's that kind of dynamic yeah um, me and Kat are like two siblings, uh, we're the only two in our family, so we've always been very close and comfortable around each other, so to speak. So for like the last couple of years with writing songs, it's more like we exchange our memoirs, like we both like creative write our feelings down, uh, whether it's kind of like from a poetry point of view or like, um, you know, memoirs that become lyrics and songs. Uh, but we'd, we'd comfortably kind of like back and forth um, exchange exchange ideas off each other but uh, but it's funny that you say that because like for some of the songs on our new album lyrics that Kate brought to the table that she would show me and I would help kind of build melodies and stuff around it or whatever at the time that I was like kind of digesting all of like Kate's stuff to try and help from the pr- producing point of view with our songs um, I didn't really know what was going on. It's only kind of when you listen back mm-hmm. as a listener to the songs opposed to like a creator, I, I'm like, oh, like as in there's feelings and emotions that I'm now feeling being as like receiving it opposed to like uh, working on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. <clears throat> but like we're thankful enough that we're quite comfortable with each other. So yeah, there is obviously times where we are documenting you know, usually like the stuff that gets put into uh, songs is the stuff that you couldn't admit to of your off your own back, just in of, of free speech to like a loved one or something. It's usually it's a quite a cathartic thing. Obviously, music and and songwriting and all the rest. Um, but I'm comfortable enough that like uh, I, I I feel fine about sharing it with my sister. I know that like you know she's not asking too many questions about it. Um, during the production time that I will be fine with the idea of eventually putting it out there on uh, to the world or whatever, you know? Yeah, you're making, you're making me miss my sister. It's the middle of the night in New Zealand, but I think I'll just call her after this chat anyway. I miss my like, sister hey. too. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, such a weird thing. Eh? Myself and Kate have very limited uh, contact this year due to coronavirus. I live in Dublin and she lives in Tipperary, which is in the middle of Ireland, our hometown. Um, and I've only been I've only been to Tipperary maybe five times this whole year. I've only seen my parents that many times as well, and like at distance also uh, in the backyard of my home house. Um, so I feel it. I feel it. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I haven't seen many people other than like my close circle of people that I uh, operate around here in, in Dublin or whatever. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird thing. I feel like I've met so many people, but like over video chat. So it's like, am I really meeting them? You know. Yeah. When I first came out of the last lockdown, I was actually so used to, you know, having Zoom calls like this where you're shooting the shit and whatnot. And I found that whenever somebody spoke to me in real life, I would pause for a second in the same manner in which we do when we're on this Zoom call. You know what I mean? Very strange. Yeah. And the the other one that gets me is like when people, like you go into the chippy or whatever and someone will talk to you and you're sort of like, oh, 
oh, your your voice is like not slightly digitized. I know how idiotic that yeah. sounds, but like, fuck, man. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Now, one of the things, because um, looking forward, you guys have got shows booked for next year. I know you're playing with Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties. I always get that one wrong. <laughs> And no, uh, which is yet. which is terrible considering like I'm obviously a fan of Dan the band and all that sort of shit. Um, but yeah. you did the so obviously Dan from the Wonder Years did the presidential election kind of drop in chats and stuff on his Instagram, which was yeah. how I found out about you guys, which is an awesome way of finding out about new music. What was Maybe. that like for you? Like how did because that would have must that have been kind of strange. Random thing that's ever happened in it's the most random thing that's happened in a while. Uh, obviously we toured with Wonder Years last year so we're all good friends we've known Wonder Years for like 10-12 years now almost I, um, I, me and the guitarist from Winter Pass and Jamie we put them on on their very first ever European tour uh, an off show in uh, a little town in Ireland in 2009 that is so, 11 so years sick ago now. so we've been friends with them that long and then they invited us out on tour in 2019 uh, across Europe which was a great uh, it was a really great time for all of us but we've always kind of kept in contact with a bunch of um, the members Matt Brash is a very long time friend the guitarist from the Wonder Years he's long long time friend of mine and now we're like since touring last year with them like we've all kind of kept regular contact with each other kind of on like a monthly basis or something just checking in with one another uh, and Dan has always been so supportive of kind of helping people hear about Wind Parson. Um but that was such a random thing because I was I was just uh, having my breakfast and I seen there was a request from fucking Dan and it was ten in the morning. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I want to go on a live stream and like shoot the shit right now. Um but we just jumped on the call and yeah it was just uh Dan doing the honourable things that he's known to be to do over the years. So it's very cool that that's how me and you are now on a podcast together, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. And it was cool because I sort of, I was working and I kind of just jumped on that and I thought, you know what, it'd be a cool way to pass some of the time while I'm like grinding through the day job and shit. And then to be able to, you know, obviously take that and come and hang out with you. It's like yeah. the fucking dream. That's why we do this shit. Yeah, of course. That's the power of music, man. It's like, you know... They're like things that I took for granted mm -hmm. over all the years. Like Winter Parson's been a band for like eight years. We've released two albums now. So we've done like, you know, different press campaigns and spoke to different people, like interviews and whatnot or whatever. But like sometimes, you know, in, over the previous releases, I would be stressed over the idea of having to like do all these things because there'd be so many requests all inside one fucking two week window or something, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but now I'm like, and especially this year, releasing the album, doing the press, and we had no, uh, all of our shows for the whole year cancelled like everybody else. But like, it was a privilege. It was like lovely to just speak to everybody about the music because it's sometimes you need to remind yourself about the humble beginnings that um, have brought you to invest in so much time and energy of your life into, into an art form that is music, you know? So, and this is it as well. Like, as in, you know, you discovered Winter Passing recently and now we're on a call together and yeah it's just a circle of life and i feel like music is very very powerful it unites people and like even though there isn't a live element it's good that it still is powerful you know 
Yeah, preach, man. And I feel like it's kind of difficult to discover new music these days, you know, like maybe, and I mean, I'm probably the exception, right? Because I get people emailing me music all the time. But if I open up Spotify, Spotify is like, here's the 10, you know, songs that you listen to the most. Would you like to listen to them yeah. again? And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's always hard to think on the spot about what artists you want to listen to. Even when you want to like listen to something new, you kind of revert to the same shit that you always listen to, you know? Yeah. How do you find it with, um, like breaking through and, and building that sort of audience and, and that kind of thing. Like what's that experience been like? Um, my opinion has drastically changed towards that in, in, in like the last year, obviously of just like sitting, sitting in my house for so long, kind of pondering old times and stuff. But it's changed over the years of like being in the band also. Mm -hmm. Um, could you just repeat the question one more time, just so I don't like go off on a spiel that doesn't make yeah, sense? Yeah. No, no, no worries. I was just wondering what your experience is like, you know, breaking through a, a fairly saturated scene and then building and following. I suppose like what we, I, I don't think that like uh, Winter Passing has achieved, you know, worldwide uh, stardom or something with uh, our band, but we have broke through many times. Obviously, even this year releasing an album again, it's like, reminding reminding people that like listen to the style of music that we play that yo here's some new music as in mm. obviously like the scene is depleted massively uh inside the last year because like you know people's ethos isn't there to do it if they're so restricted but like there is still um you just have to be determined really like that's and like you have to remind yourself you have to remind yourself from the inside before looking for approval off of anybody else as in you know there's been loads of times over the years with winter pass and you know when we we're trying to as you say break through or whatever and we had the help of like managers and assistants at labels and different we've been we've been very lucky in different situations over the years and we work with many many good people and some good people as well and like your opinion changes all the time and like when you strip back all the nonsense and the music industry stuff that is there you have to ask yourself the questions like why am i doing this and honestly i think it me it it i know full sure this year because i've only had the privilege of practicing with winter passing about four times in this mm -hmm. whole year and they've all been these magical experiences where we're all together in a room just playing the tunes on the you know and then you think back to recording the record and the fucking gigs we used to play and you know what i mean it's like that's what it's all about it's like i wouldn't be doing you know i've never in my life really met a dime i've like i've never been broke but i've never really met a dime off music in my whole life i've been always a hard worker always working loads of jobs always working loads of jobs to go on tour with the band and mm -hmm. um, the reason that I do it is because I love it. And I know that like uh, a reason for a lapse in my mental health this year is because I don't have it, you know? Yeah. I don't have like my musical output. I'm not able to, but look, it will return at some point. And Winter Passing are getting closer now at this point to a performance in some manner. And I'm looking forward to doing something come 2021, you know? Yeah, I was lucky enough to spend some time last night hanging out with um, Greg and I always fuck up his last name, Pucato. You know, Dillinger Escape Plan, Greg. Um, Killer Be Killed. Oh yeah, Greg. no way. Wow. Yeah, cool. yeah. And because they've got a new, um, Killer Be Killed's got a new album coming out. And so we were hanging out last night. We were doing a, a bit of a podcast. But you talk about music the exact same way that he talks about music, and that's a pretty fucking cool thing. 
that's that's very cool. Uh, as soon as you said Dillinger Escape Plan, I thought about this video of that scene about 15 odd years ago where they're playing like in a shopping mall out in America and he walks across everybody's, the singer walks across everybody's heads. Yeah. You know that yeah. video? Yeah, I know that. Or whatever, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that is, that's the backbone of it all. I think like when you're going 100 mile an hour through your life and like let's say for instance when we go on a tour and then like I always find when we go on a tour and we're on a tour people come at us looking for us to do more stuff booking agents and different because we're in you know what i mean and everything always comes at once in the music industry so sometimes things get laid off and sometimes you run with an idea and like a plan or a tour or a video whatever the project is that you're doing whereas when it's all taken away from you you really sit back and think about this is my legacy. Like, as in, I'm mm. not trying to impress anybody in the whole world other than myself. And like, I know that that's a mutual feeling with Winter Pass and I know that we're all just like, you know, we, we play emo music. It's 2020. People like, that's the most unpopular thing in the whole world. And personally, I love that. I love that, like, uh, it's unpopular because, you know, it's like any, like, it's like when I was like a 12 year old kid and like, you know, alternative kids exclusively wore Vans or Converse or something. And you could like yeah. tell somebody was into like, you know, punk music or metal or, you know, some form of like the alternative or indie world based on the shoes that they're wearing. Those type of things don't exist anymore because everything is neutralized, you know? Mm. So like playing, playing emo music and it being a dirty word, like as in the amount of times people are like, oh, you released a new album. Oh, well done and all. I used to listen to that music and I was like, oh, right. And what's stopping you from still listening to that music? Like, you know, it's a stereotype. It's like something that is drilled into people's, an opinion that's like drilled into people's faces and eyes and ears. And like, they think that like, there's a stigma attached to emo music, but here I am in 2020, still the biggest, emo kid in the world the same one yeah. that i was when i was 10 years of age you know fucking me too man i remember when i was like going starting to go to university jesus this is gonna age me and everyone that you talk to is like oh you know you're gonna stop listening to emo you're gonna stop listening to metal like your taste is gonna change and like, if anything i just fucking doubled down on that shit and sure i listened like expanded you know i listened to a whole bunch of different stuff but me the too. core of it is yeah it's still that vibe right you're still you're still the old kid that you always were you know what I mean? I feel like I've learned half of my life lessons through the subcultures that I followed from a young age. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like things that we see introduced into society and like, you know, the whole uh, people say, people standing up for opinions that were once like oppressed or is, I, I always find that like people uh, who found music at a young age kind of garner a lot of information that Adults are only learning today. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, 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 that makes sense. I feel like it's um, it's sort of similar with the starstruck thing too, right? And I don't know if this is like true for you, but I still have moments where like I'm talking to certain people and I'm just like I catch myself and I just go, "Holy fuck, that's happened!" You know, like the yeah. I mean, the best example I've got an interview with Frank Turner about his new album uh, okay. tomorrow afternoon, right? And I've met him a couple of times, interviewed him a couple of times, but that thing came through and I just like, I pretty much squealed, you know, I was just like, holy fucking shit, this is going to happen. And it's, it's like, no that. matter how long you kind of are in this scene, that part of me just refuses to grow up, you know? Exactly. I mean, I've, I've, I've had similar situations like that people, um, 
that I look up to or my favorite stars in the music world or something like that. And you're like, holy shit, like, you know, um, it's funny how it goes 360. I remember yeah. like being uh, like a 14 year old kid at the Ambassador Theatre in Dublin at, you know, some gig and you watch like the support bands roll out their gear onto the stage and set it up themselves. And I always found like as a, as a young fella that like, the support bands just like rolling out, setting up their own gear with their hoods up and stuff and then just turning around and playing was like cooler than like, you know, the lights going down and the walkout or whatever and stuff like that. And, and you know, we were only talking about it on a winter passing Zoom call recently. It's like, we did it, you know, we met it. Yeah. Like as in we, we've already everything that we set out to do, but we're just still existing for some reason or there's still a motive to carry on, which is gas really. Gas is an Irish expression for funny. If that, if you've never heard that, yeah, yeah. translation, which, uh-huh. which is probably good because like sixty percent of my audience or something is from the US, so which is oh, not savage. what you would expect. Oh but. shit! Actually, wait. Savage is another Irish word. It's like, oh great! I should we, disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. We, especially if they're US, because when we we've, we've been out in the US on tour a couple of times, and I have to really dim down myself. I always find, you know, you said that you were in Scotland. I was like, ah, yeah, we'll have a good chat or whatever whereas like if i'm like doing a phone call with somebody in america that i've never met before or whatever i i have to speak slower yeah <laughs> and make sure not to pronounce my words too irish because honestly they won't understand you know yeah i mean this is irish is nothing against glaswegian right <laughs> i'm no, gonna get killed for saying that yeah no we're all good um okay so then i mean i want to talk to you a little bit about the new album because that's kind of why we're why we're here um yeah when you uh, when you're coming up with those songs that obviously you go through that whole process when you come out the other side of it like how attached to those songs do you still feel or are you kind of like those ones are done i'm focusing on lp3 you, do you get what i mean because i know the albums yeah. take a, a long time to make they do, yeah, yeah. Like, as in any album is like a process um, and it, it goes on for years almost. Like, as in like the first spark that became like something that ended up on the record that went out. It's, it's, it's all based on like years of, of, of time, really, in the grand scheme of things. But like then, like lyrical content seems to be like the, like the part that's um, built in this in the smallest time frame because usually for winter passing when we're writing songs like we write our music first so we could all link up together in like the studio and you know there's no vocals there so we're not singing we're just all playing our instruments like working out parts changing shit around with this record there was a lot of the songs were like you know digitally wrote like as in we all wrote them on our laptops and and sent them across to each other because we all live in different parts of ireland so we don't have like we we kind of travel to Dublin once a month to do a practice or, or more when it was a free thing to do practices, mm. but we live apart. So, um, I feel like the feelings and emotions that we wrote into the record. And I know like I speak for Kate as well, cause we've had a similar conversation about this recently that like, they're all still relevant, but we always find that like, there's, um, a sense of closure put on the situation from leaving leaving the feeling in the music in the songs i know where i was when i wrote like my words on the record and i know where kate was when she wrote her words on the record and how it all came together and i still definitely feel that especially from the point of view that we've never actually performed these songs we have a new album out there that people like tell us that they love and 
it's great that they do but it's like we've unfinished business we haven't like whacked it out like like at, at full capacity and things so like the feeling is still very much there but i feel like my stresses and situations that i wrote about they're not really things in my life anymore they're not things that i care or dwell about i feel like i've moved past like that you know and i feel <laughs> the same about every feeling that i've wrote in a winter passing song so far that they're all the feelings are kind of I've, I've found a sense of closure in addressing it and admitting to it and and uh putting talking out loud about the situation you know yeah yeah and this i mean we're both emo kids right and we if there's one thing we know it's how much you connect with like a band and a song and, and all of that sort of shit but when you have people yeah. coming up to you and being like oh man your song really helped me through like x like that would freak me the fuck out I mean, no one's going to come up to me and be like, oh man, your podcast really helped me through a dark time. Because we're just like shooting the shit, you know what I mean? But but for a song, it's a totally different thing. No, you'd be be very surprised as to the things that really help people out. You know, like that question that you asked me about, or what we were talking about earlier about, you know, meeting your idols and like how it goes 360. I find that, like I'm 30 on Monday, yeah? So I'm very reminiscent all this year and things like that. I find that the heroes that I had and I've had many similar situations to you meeting like uh, the dudes and girls in bands that I fucking love or whatever. And you're like, holy shit or whatever. Um, but I feel like the heroes that I had at 18 aren't the heroes that I have today. You know, mm-hmm. like as in my heroes are like fucking random people from around the streets of Dublin. Like, you know, or, or, or you know, honestly, the most simplest thing is what inspires me these days. Um I think I've lost my trailer thought again, Sebastian. <laughs> no worries. Because I went back to a previous question. What was the question that you just asked? We were just talking about um, how, like having being in that position where people come up to you and be like, hey, your music's had an impact on my life and what that's Yeah, like. sorry, that's what I was going to say. Apologies, apologies. No worries, that. man. Yeah, it's a, you'd be surprised as to like, let's say even somebody who finds this podcast randomly and like listens to me and you having this conversation, seeing me like, for stuttering my words and forgetting myself that can be helpful for somebody you know like as in you can the, the glass is either half full or half empty it's whichever way that you want to look at it yourself you know mm. so it's whatever way that you want to look at it yourself i know what way i think about it or whatever so like over the years let's say when we've been like on tours there's i'm i am quite an introverted person uh especially in 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 social situations that i don't feel comfortable in you know i've wrote many songs about that over the years and and sometimes in like the show capacity when like you've just played your set and like these people are coming over and they're like can i get a picture or something like that like it's a humbling thing or whatever but like i will go introvert whereas in in other years i've realized that it's like i was once that kid so like it's only two seconds of time Mm -hmm make the difference because you don't know what that's going to do it could do anything for that person you know i remember like obviously when we were on the wonder years tour it was like a perfect example to kind of be a role model in in situations so we i would actively like go to talk to these kids that were hanging at the merch every night just shoot the shit with them or whatever but they were there in young bands and they're doing their thing and it's 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 good to it's good to pass on knowledge because i remember being like that kid uh who wanted to know how all this music shit worked how you go on tour how how do i get on a label how do i sort all this shit out or whatever you know um 
So yeah. I'm like an old man these days, to be honest, Sebastian. Like, that I makes just, me just honestly, as old, man. If you had this conversation <laughs> with me a year ago, I would have given totally different answers to the one that we're having today, really. But the fun part is, is that when LP number three comes around, we can have this conversation again. And True. Yeah, yeah. both and kind of track like our growth as old men. Yeah, yeah. LP three will come out and sound like fucking Neil Young, just a country record or something. I'll just be gone <laughs> like full senile or whatever. That could be sick, though. That might happen, you never know. I don't want to like spoil it, but like, I don't know. Like we were speaking earlier about, obviously we're, we're, we're emo kids at the backbone of everything. We'll never lose that. But I'm, I obviously like listen to so much different music as well. And like, I have so many ideas for like what we should do with Winter Pass and like at this mm-hmm. point or whatever, like, you know, because, you know, just based on like uh, music reviews and people's reviews of like new ways of living is that like, uh, and this is other people's bit. I, I obviously am very proud of the record, but I don't want to come across like a showboat or whatever. But some people have labeled it like a, a perfect emo record, which is a lovely mm-hmm. compliment to have and all. So I feel like we would love to kind of branch into like something different. Not like, yeah. not like, not something that's like totally like, what the fuck is this? This is just like, and. A, a different band or something like as in like something different from the same band you know yeah. and that's kind of what we're working on at the moment and we're kind of just because every uh, we all listen to so much music and we all go through so many like different kind of like phases with music as well um whether it's like old or new you know like um because there's just so many like genres out there and like musical um outputs at the moment it's crazy and it's, I mean, you, it's natural to like want to explore though. That's the thing, right? Like, especially when you're a creative person doing all that kind of shit. And I, you know, I, I talk about them a lot, but like when you think about how you can prep audiences and, and all that sort of shit for left turns, like Bring Me the Horizon is such a fucking good example. And, they are, yeah. you know, yeah. like they, they just went from like being way over here, sort of deathcore to like semi-eternal to like whatever the fuck they're doing at the moment. And, but, and they sort of just, but if you listen to it, the whole catalog, you're like, oh, yeah, this kind of makes sense, you know? It all still makes sense. Yeah, I really like, I really like, I mean, it depends on what type of music fan you are and how like punk or not punk you are or whatever, yeah. you know, because like, let's say, let's say the, the, the diehard metal kids that used to listen to Bring Me to Horizon 10 years ago would be like, no, all the new music is shit. But like, it depends on, you know, how much of an expanded music listener you are or a music fan that you are as in like i always find like the bands that like me and all my friends love or that i hold in common that we all love or whatever and then like that said artist releases music everybody thinks it's usually shit straight away or whatever like you know as in it's like it's it's never like kind of people are never going to agree um on any one thing at the same time but i personally think that like with bring me horizon they've like really did a great job at like elevating themselves musically like in popularity but like expanding their musical sound every single time on a record it's very interesting to see and it's also very um interesting to see how like they just keep up with the times obviously like the world that we grew up in as music fans is different now a lot mm. like when we grew up everything was kind of like guitar rock music like the bands the instruments and stuff now it's very much like a digital electronic world so like everybody kind of throws in 
um, that's that's like that's what mainstream mainstream music is today. Even like you know the emo kids for, of the new generation of like twenty twenty and things like they listen to like fucking you know Travis Scott and trap artists and stuff like this or whatever. You know like that's emo. So it's no surprise that like Bring Me the Horizon like have collaborated with like Grimes on one of the new tracks on that last thing and then just the whole sound is like uh, very commercial but still has that raw mm. it's still made by the same people so to speak you know and I suppose that you get that that's what I would like to achieve with my music but I don't think we will ever sound anything like Bring Me the Horizon at yeah, the same yeah. time yeah yeah totally I remember when I started doing this kind of stuff and getting into the music industry album reviews came in the post that's how that's much my, things. That's how much things have changed. You would get a CD, have a weekend to listen to it, write up the review, get published on Monday or whenever it was. Like, and now yeah. of course it just gets emailed. It's like, oh, it's in your fucking holics or whatever, and you're like, shit. Yeah, and your inbox is absolutely jammed with about two thousand new bands who want you to listen to it or whatever. Like, you know. Yeah, if someone were to post me a CD, I, I wouldn't even. I don't have anything with a fucking disc drive in it. You know, that's the mental thing, right? Is like. I like cassettes are in and I'm like, do I just stick this on my wall? Like, I don't have anything. I know. I mean, I, I only recently, I bought a tape off of like my friend's hardcore band uh, only last week at Dublin band. And I was like, I must have about 50 tapes in the house and absolutely no way of listening to them, <laughs> any of them. And I'm like, what am I doing with 50 tapes in my, in my little apartment? Yeah, well, have, just before I let you go, I want to circle back to the reviews thing. Because, I mean, obviously you guys are proud of, of New Ways of Living and all of that. But is it super pressuring when you like crack open the reviews and you see what's coming out and people are like, this is the perfect emo record and you go, fuck, where do we go next? Or someone's like, oh, fuck these guys, they suck. Like, do you find that you're pull, push and pulled between all these different opinions or do you just have to shut it out? We tend to shut it out. But we, like, as in, it, it's definitely easy to like let's say for instance it's obviously we haven't played any of these songs so when we decide on like um what songs are we going to what way do we make a set now because we have like you know two albums an ep and sing and and singles from 2019 um that are separate to the album we have like we've a big catalog of songs or whatever and I suppose like the first thing that we were like is like Ash we will like leave it like a month and like see wh what songs are like being listened to the most on the internet or whatever you know and kind of gauge it by that and then when the review you read some reviews or whatever and like uh, track number five in the record is called Cry Baby which is personally my favorite song to play with the band because it's so groovy and like Again, that was like a curveball song, as in it's like, it's almost like the song on, that almost could have like went on to LP3 almost, leave it mm -hmm. off of LP2 because it was just about, but we wanted to put it on or whatever to show that like, we can get weird with, we can get weird with kind of like, because it's a pop song. It's like, it's kind of like an 80s kind of like disco-y pop song or, or whatever with like kind of guitar rock elements. And like, yeah, we're just like, that one was like the most kind of marmite, literally, quote for quote. I've, I think I read two um, reviews that said marmite. It's like marmite. And it's true, like, you either love that song or you hate it. But um, some, it's definitely because there's five of us in the band. So it's definitely kind of brought up like a couple of different opinions where we're like, oh, will we play it or not? I was like, we're definitely going to play it. Like, we're definitely going to play 
all of the songs at some point. So like, let's not worry about if, you know, somebody on Twitter said that song is shy, I couldn't give a fuck if they said it was shy, you know? Mm. We, should, we should pan out to cry, baby, at the end of this. This was good crack, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Thanks for hanging out, man. It was a whole lot of fun. I really appreciate it. No worries at all. Um, I'll see you again at some point. I look forward to hopefully meeting you someday. Maybe 2021, I'll get up to lovely old Scotland again and see what the crack is up there. So there you have it. That's my chat with Rob Flynn from the awesome Irish band Winter Passing. That one was a whole lot of fun to record and put together. So make sure you check out the Winter Passing on Bandcamp and everywhere else. Coming up now, though, we've got that new song we were just chatting about. It's called Cry Baby, and it's very different uh, to the other tracks on New Ways of Living. But I think that if you love this podcast, you're definitely going to love this track. Um, and of course, check out everything else that they've done. If you want to support the podcast, that would be ace. Uh, tell a friend, write a review on iTunes, send a tweet, like a tweet, tweet me. We're at More Than Punk, and you can find us pretty much anywhere. This is Crybaby, The Winter Passing. Thanks for coming and hanging out for our first episode of 2021. We'll see you again next week. Keep